Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson. This is the Fantastics, my fantasy fix, DFS golf podcast. And Skeeter, when I first got into the industry, I noticed a lot of people like to, when I do tournament games for college, uh, uh, the local college basketball team and, and football games, the penultimate event. I had to look it up because I didn't even know what the hell that word meant. But this is the penultimate event here in the uh, in the FedEx Cup playoffs and um, we get down to 70 is the real cut number. I think you just said 68 is actually what we got in the field. And, um, I guess before we get ready to go to Wilmington, Delaware, a, a place I've actually been, not the golf course, but the city, let's take a look back at Memphis and the St. Jude Skeeter. I was horrible this past week. I'd be lying to you if I said, I just can't wait for golf to be over. Not because I don't like golf. Like I was watching the playoff with absolutely no interest yesterday. I just need a reboot because it seems like I'm only on guys the wrong week. Uh, and I was, again, horrible last week. I was even a head-to-head matchup where I had four out of six. The other guy had three out of six, and he killed me. So I don't know what I'm taking away from the St. Jude FedEx uh, play, uh, matchup last week. Are you taking away anything? I know you had a better week than me. Um, What a bizarre tournament. Like, even going into Sunday, like, or even Saturday, I was like, where's all the big names at? Like, you had, like, your J.J. Spawns, your Substrakas, a couple other guys. Like, where are these top guys at? They're just not there. And then – whoops, go ahead. I think my mom asked me if she was watching the right tournament. That's the <laughs> – my mom asked me if she was right in the, watching the right tournament because of the names up top. Yeah, it was it was bizarre. Like, you know, you had Scheffler missed a cut, Rory missed a cut, uh, Spieth was bad. Um, Russell Henley killed me. Um – so, yeah, it was just really bizarre, but at the same time, it was like nobody was running away with this. So, on Saturday morning, before, you know, round three gets going, I'm just looking at the odds, like, okay, Zalatoris just shot 64, basically, to revive himself for 65. Like, he's 22 to 1. Like, all right, son, I'll take a chance here. I mean, we've, you know, kind of seen seen Tom Kim the week before struggle on Thursday and make a run. Like, okay, Zalatoris played well on Sunday at Wyndham. Bad first round, good second round. All right, let's, let's take a chance here. And then he got to within, like, one of the lead. And I'm like, okay, well, he's, okay, he's down to nine to one. He's even money for a top five with a bunch of these other, I mean, not that Zalatoris was real proven, but, you know, I guess majors and things like that. Like, he's in a different class than some of these other golfers. He's even money for a top five, so I bet that. Um, good move. And then Sunday morning, like, okay, well, what's some of the live odds? Like, oh gosh, this all, wait, Seth Strzok, I was one shot behind in a final group and he's nine to one to win and plus 150 for a top five. Like, okay. I realize the guy's been six straight cuts in a row and, you know, he's probably not going to be in this position, but you know what? That felt like way too much value. And so in the end, I... Had the ideal playoff of Zalatoris and Straka. I mean, I wish Morikawa would have gotten involved. That would have been better for me, too. But, hey, he backdoored a top five, which was split like 11 ways. But, um, yeah, good for Zalatoris to finally get that win. It, it felt like this was one that like, the whole DFS community and betting community was all behind because they all, you know, Zalatoris was a pretty popular bet throughout the week and popular DraftKings play. And, hey, he finally got there. So, Seb Straka won Honda, right? Yes. Remind me why it was Brennan Steele that I was all over, because he has a good Honda record and not Seb Straka. 
I mean, you want to talk about kicking myself on Sunday. I'm like, I had the Honda comp. Why wasn't I going with the guy who won Honda this week and I didn't even touch him? You're right. He missed some cuts, but still. Right. Like, he had missed six cuts in a row. The only way you would have – and because I thought about this too, like, man, Honda – I was like, okay, the only way you would have gotten on Seth Strzok is if you – were convinced that this was okay an easier Honda Classic, and you were just taking and you were multi-entering, which I know you do, and just taking some flyers at the bottom, saying, "Hey, you know what? I know Struck has been in bad form, but he won Honda. If I think this course is like it, I'll I'll play him in a lineup just in case." Like, I don't even know what his pre-tournament odds were, and I didn't see anybody who was real onto him. Like, even, even winners of these smaller tournaments, he was nowhere near to be found in those lineups. So, you can kick yourself, but the form just wasn't there. So, again, unless you were taking deep flyers, like, at least Steele had form coming in. Straka had none. Well, it makes me feel a little better. You know what makes me feel even better? What's up? Getting a winner at the BMW Championship, Skeeter. Hitting a winner this week and. Uh, I'm ready to turn the page to Wilmington, Delaware, if you are. I got one other thing, and I know I sure. know you were busy at the Fantasy Football Expo. Did you see at all the whole Cam Smith controversy? So I've seen, like, stills of where his drop was. It sounds like it was a bogus – not a bogus rule. Like, it's on the books, but it just sounds like it was unnecessary. Yes. Um, you almost have to wonder at this point if it's not something of a um, – you know, why don't you say you're not going to live? Like, I, I hate to think that it could have something to do with that, but it's hard not to think that. Right. Like, yeah. You know, and props to NBC for kind of coming out saying, okay, yes, he was penalized. I'm sure the internet, you know, we're sure the internet rumors are just going round and round about this because of his potential move to live. Like, NBC addressed it right away. Like, they were not hiding from the fact that, oh, yeah, there'd be some things. Like, like yes, by the book, it was a penalty, but... What first of all, why is this a two shot penalty? Like, he's not getting any advantage. Like, if you're gonna penalize him, I'll make it one. But I don't know why it's two. Number two, why is this a day later? Like, there should be like some sort of time limit. Like, okay, if nobody said anything to him Saturday night, then he shows up Sunday and finds out he's getting a two stroke penalty. Like, that's completely unfair. And this is coming from somebody who had, you know, a lot of interest in Zalatoris. I hit him at 22 to 1. I had him in DF in DFS lineups between my 6 out of 6. Like, like you know, even, even though I was hoping he was going to have a bad day, like, this was just completely uncalled for. Like, there's got to be something like, hey, if, 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 if there's something happened and nobody calls it by the time, you know, the next day start, you know, by the end of the day, then, you know what? Too bad. Congrats. Like, you know, missed calls happen in other sports. I realize we want as much accuracy as possible, but this was pretty unfair to the golfer. Missed calls happen in other sports, but we also want our instant replay to happen and be over with and move on. Uh, and missed calls are a part of sports. And the problem that I have more than anything with the delay, yeah, that's fine. I don't love it. Didn't that happen to Tiger uh, a while back at, at Augusta too? Somebody yes. called in Yeah, penalty of his that was assessed later. Um, which Dustin is just silly because I guess not everyone was Tiger. Um, oh, what's what course was that? Pennsylvania. Um, Oakmont. <laughs> Oakmont. Ooh, look at that. That was my guess right as you said it. Uh, but here's the deal. If he didn't gain an advantage, 
let's just let's just let's just go ahead and eliminate that that rule. Like the point of having the rules is to eliminate an advantage. I don't think there was an advantage gained. No, and he didn't know the rule. Uh, Ryan Palmer didn't know the rule. Azinger said it was you know one of the most basic rules of golf. Well, not really because I'm not sure any. I didn't see anybody like saying, "Oh yeah, this is a slam dunk." Like there are a lot of people who who again aren't exactly big fans of Live and probably unhappy with Cam Smith's decision. Who were like, "This is bogus." Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of in that boat. I am too. So, so what did I do today at my high school golf practice? I went over a couple of rules, and I even told him about that rule. So, hopefully, it doesn't happen to them. <laughs> not that not that any high not that many high schoolers would even call them on that, but you know, I'm just kind of making them aware. Awareness is a good thing. Actually, our our friend Dan Claskins and I were talking about that about the fantasy universe and the uh, world as a whole. That awareness is a good thing. So, Skeeter, I always appreciate you spreading awareness. That's you know, that's my job. I'm a teacher, so. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Skeeter, let's get into this uh, this penultimate tournament this week. It's it's a new place. It's Wilmington, Delaware. I have family. I've been to Delaware. I've been to the Air Force Base, Wilmington, Delaware. I've certainly not been to this golf course, though. Uh, from what I'm looking at, it looks like a pretty long one, 7,500-plus yards, seventy par 71. Um, what was it? Three par fives, four par threes. Some of those par fives were long. One looked reachable, I guess. I mean, I guess it depends on the tee placement too. And you know, where the ball carries the weather, everything else going to be in play. But a couple of those par fives were over 600 yards and a couple of those par fours look pretty long, not quite 500 yards, but real close. Yeah. Um, yeah. So new, new, new course, Wilmington country club South. Apparently the last thing they hosted was a mid am, so I don't know. So I mean, it's not even like we can say, "Oh, okay, they hosted a U.S. Amateur or some U.S. you know a major USGA event or even a you know LPGA or Corn Ferry events." There's nothing here. So this is just kind of blind. You mentioned the two par fives, longer ones. Twelve is six thirty four. Fourteen is six forty nine. A scorecard. I went to the PGA Tour website and they did kind of like a brief hole by hole. 14 sounds like it's a 40-foot drop-off from tee to fairway, and there's even a speed sloth. Like, if you can hit it like 310, 320, that can even make the ball roll even further. So 14 might play 649, but it might be a little shorter because of the elevation in the speed slot. But, yeah, other than that, um, water only on four holes, tons of bunkers. Um, it looks like there's a ton of bunkers at the front of the green. So, you know, and there's some narrow openings, but, also, I think the average green size is 8,100 feet. Yeah, 8,100 square feet. Like, that's... I mean, the two courses I could think of would be Kapalua. Those are massive greens. And then, well, we saw it a month ago at the Open, St. Andrews. But those are double yeah. greens. So, I mean, I don't know if there's any correlation with that. Um, of course, the guy who won both of those events is not playing anymore this week. And that's the <laughs> aforementioned Cam Smith, who... Is taking the week off due to, to rest some hip soreness or just some soreness at a ruling, but he's expected to play the tour champion. I mean, he was third, so I guess he's giving up a stroke or two next week at uh, East Lake by not playing. And you know, who knows? We'll see. But um, but yeah, um, four water hazards. They do kind of come into play on the holes, but I'll say that I don't know. And the rough is the big question. Like, is this a is this rough going to be really thick, or are we going, you know, is this going to be like last week where you kind of play from it? Um, in the BMW Championship in past years, we've seen some weird scores. Like, we've seen some absolute shootouts, but we've also seen seen some 
really tight scores. Like, I'm trying to pull this up right now. Um, so last year was a playoff at minus 27. Cantley beat Bryson at Caves Valley. Um, oh, the infamous don't walk in my backswing. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> and Patrick was like, what? 2019. He had a very, like, holy crap face. 2019, JT was minus 25 over Patrick Cantlay at Medina. But then the weird one was 2020, Rom beat DJ in an epic playoff at Olympia Fields at minus four. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. DJ had to make like a 60-footer to force a playoff, then Rom made like a 50-footer to win in the playoff. Not only do I remember that, Skeeter, I was working on a Sunday. That was when I was working by myself uh, during the Rona year. And uh, I was like at somebody's house and they were on their porch watching. And I'm like, I'm out there on their back patio with a leaf blower at like 6 p.m. on a Saturday trying to watch it. So, yeah, I do remember it. <laughs> so, but I mean, every other time I've played this since 2015, this winning score has been 20 under or better. Like Keegan in a playoff at Aronimink over Rose, Leishman won. At Conway Farms, son of Illinois, of course, is here. Let's bring it back here. Um, DJ's one, Horschel, uh, Horschel's minus 14 at Cherry Hills in Colorado, which, oh boy, I do not remember that one. So, yeah, so it's just, um, oh, we've, we've seen a lot of minus 20s in this event, which, I mean, it's the top 70 in the FedEx Cup, so this is pretty, I won't say it's the 70 best golfers, but it's probably 70 of the best 80, 85 in the world, so. That's not a surprise, but boy, they make this thing uh, pretty scorable. But again, we saw Olympia Fields at minus four. I have no idea how this course is going to play. I tend to think rough guess, and this is all it is, a rough guess, minus, probably minus 15, minus 20. Like, with only four water hazards, the bunkers are going to be a potential little bit of problem, but I don't know. The fact that this hasn't hosted anything else is kind of a interesting thing for me. So with that in mind, you don't know exactly what's been the key to success here before. What do you speculate would be the key to success? Is it just easy to go with distance, given some of those holes we looked at, or is there something more on my, in your mind? Uh, maybe. Like, I'm looking at good drives, which is this combination of can you, you know, basically can you get on the green from, you know, in, uh, hit a green regulation, I guess. Um Ball striking, I'm looking at pro. So I'm not really looking at driving distance. Obviously, that always helps, but I don't know. Like, it depends. Like, you know, is this a place where you can just bomb it all over a place, or is the rough going to be thick enough that you're going to have a little bit of accuracy? So that's mainly why I'm looking at the good drives. Opportunities gain. I'm going to look at birdies just because that's just been the history of this tournament. I'm going to look at, or the BMW, not this course necessarily. I'm going to look at scrambling just because I'm assuming you sure. end up in a bunker. and Or if this rough does play wrong, like have to try to look Tuesday and Wednesday, see if there's any reports out there as far as what the rough's like. I'm looking at the par fours from 400 to 500 yards. Like There's a lot of these are kind of on that edge of being 400 or 450, a couple under 500. The proximity ranges for me then will be 150 to 200. And since these are massive greens, I'm looking at three-putt avoidance. Like, basically, how good of a lag putter you are, because I'm assuming at some point, any 100-square-foot greens, you're going to see, the golfers are going to have some 70-footers at some point. Can you get up and down from there? Skeet, are you ready to get into the field? Absolutely. It, it is, as you said, a smaller field, an interesting one, almost playing it like the old WGC-style 
uh, field. It's Rory McIlroy at the top in the 10K plus tier at 10.5. Of course, as you noted earlier, Cam Smith has withdrawn from this tournament. John Rahm at 10.3. Justin Thomas, 10.1. Will Zalatoris finally got it done. Is at 10K even, Skeeter. You get four. Are you taking a stand with one of them? Um, like there's nobody I definitively like better than the other one here. I think I'm just going to go back to JT. Um, he was a little bit off last week, but at least by his standards, but I still think he backdoored like a 13th. Yeah. The That's putter great. was off. He was actually pretty good around the green, which is a little surprising, but, um, approach was okay. But he still rates out really well long-term top 10 proximity ranges, the par four from 450, Birdies are better opportunities gain, like. 10th in ball striking, 14th in the free putter points. Like, outside of the good drives and the scrambling, and scrambling he's actually average for this field. Good drives, he rates a little bit low. You know, I'm still okay with it at 10 1. That's a pretty good number on JT. So, for me, he's my one, but I have two others I have starred here, and there's the, and the one I don't have starred, I wouldn't have any objections either. I'm going to go with Will Zalatoris here. I guess I'm just taking a playoff mindset where he's taken the step forward to be the overall champion at the end of this thing and i'm kind of taking a look at this and i know it's not how they're playing it because it's three different events it's three different weeks but it's just like the first third if you will the first period if you want to go to a hockey reference uh for zalatoris he played good his putter looked good uh, um i mean outside of the the tee shot on the third playoff hole, right? He's known to strike the irons really well. So I'm going to go with Willie Z. I'm not sure if, uh, you know, I'm not sure if he's going to be popular coming off the win. He's a popular player, but I'm also not really taking a stand. Cause as you kind of said, I wouldn't really, I'll have a fade, but it's not going to be a firm fade. Yeah. He is right now projected on a Monday night to be the lowest uh, used of the four, but it's not a, it's not a massive gap. Like it's um about, Six, six and a half percentage points from him to Rory, who's the most popular in this tier. But no, mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen people win P- uh, FedEx Cup events continue. Like Bryson did it a couple years ago where he won a couple. Um, Cantlay, JT. Heck, this year we've seen Scheffler win back-to-back. We've seen Finau win back-to-back. So that probably plays into Zalatoris. But yeah, I think the question here is, what is his mindset coming off his first ever win? Because he was pretty emotional, and you can't blame the guy. He's been so close. But he also has the mentality, like, okay, monkey's off the back. Let's go, you know, he's, what, number one in the FedEx Cup right now, too. So if he if he can win again or at least do believe so. put up a second or third, he might be getting, he might be the leader starting next Thursday at Eastlake. If you, if you built with somebody and JT, who would it be or another player if you pivot? I think Zalatoris would be my two. Um, Rory's my three. Like, that was an odd miscut last week, but. He still rates up really well across all things. Rom's my fourth, so, I mean, he's officially my fade, but he kind of snuck. He was part of that large group that snuck into a top five, so it was nice to kind of see him have a little bit of form coming back here. But um, all four of these guys are in top ten of my model on Fantasy National, so, you know, it's just, it might come down to popularity. It might come down to who I just have a better feel for, but... For me, it's JT, Zalatoris, and then Rory and Rom are kind of three and four, but, I mean, I have no definitive fade here. I 
had Rory at two. Uh, I was going to fade Justin Thomas just because he had been a rockier player. John Rahm has been probably less upside, even though he's the one coming off the top five. It hadn't been good lately, but he wasn't missing cuts. The truth is I probably don't use either one of them. I may barely use anyone out of this in my uh, in my lineup setup because I don't know if I'm going 10 lineups with this player pool. I probably will. I know I won't next week, but uh, I, I probably will. I'm just not so sure I'm, I'm going to get heavy. Yeah, I think I'm either doing three or five lineups this week. I don't think I'll go single entry this week. Next week. Shall we take it to the 9Ks? Yep, and we might have lost you for a minute there. I had a little disconnection. So, What were you saying, just in case I didn't? Well, we're back. We're going to... Oh, just uh, just that I don't think I'm going to go heavily invest in any of those 10K players and that... Uh, um, you know, I'm just not. I'm not sure that there's anyone I'm going to have 30 percent of for sure. Yeah, like I said, I'm either playing three or five, so maybe I use somebody. Maybe I use two of these guys, or I don't know what I'm going to do yet. But but what might be interesting is if you start in the nines and completely forget these four. And I may well do that, even if I find somebody I like cheap. I may just use several 9K players because there is a bunch of them, as you would imagine, in the second to last event of the year in the playoffs. 9900 is Patrick King. Scotty Scheffler's 98, Tony Finau 97, Xander Shoffley 96, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Matt, I'm sorry, 9,500, Colin Morikawa's 94, Sam Burns 93, Victor Holland 92, Sung JM 91, Tom Kim 9K even. Skeeter, you got choices here, my man. Which way are you going? Yes. Um, I've bet one guy in this range, but he's not going to be my favorite. I'm going to start with Finau. Like, he's still, I mean, he was another yeah. one that was top five. Just didn't do much on the weekend, but I mean, he can four strokes putting. Like, I mean, that's good. He was positive in all categories. Off the tee, he struggled a little bit, but you know, hey, it's nice when uh, fifth place is your worst finish in the last three tournaments. Like, he's still top ten in every single model across thirty six rounds, except proximity from one fifty to one seventy five, and oh, he's fifteenth in that one. Um, short term, long term models, he rates out very well. 9,700, I mean, here's a guy who has two wins and a fifth in his last three events. That feels like that's a little bit of mispricing. He is tied with a handful of other golfers as the second lowest odds at the sportsbook I go to at 14 to 1, tied with the likes of JT and John Rahm in the tier ahead of him, ahead of Will Zalatoris, who's 16 to 1. Tony Finau, to me, is a clear-cut player here. I mean, the, the only problem is, is he so clear-cut that everyone will use him? Because first, first... And then he disappoints with what he said as a fifth. That's disappointing. So I will get back on the Tony Finau bandwagon unless it starts to come to like a 40, 30% ownership. Because seriously, I don't have a problem. If it's, if it's 30, I'll go 50. I don't care. He's at 25 right now on a Monday night. He looks like he will be the most popular player. It looks like top three are him, somebody in the eights, which I'll, I'll hold off on, and Rory. Interesting, Rory. Paying, people paying up, uh, looking to pay up early with the limited player pool. Yes. Outside of Fina, where else are you going here? Is Fina your favorite? Oh, absolutely, yes. Okay. Um, I bet him last week, and as I mentioned earlier, he he got me a top five, which I put five bucks on him at t for a top five, got 567 because of just how many people did it. But Morikawa kind of looked like he was back, like – his irons were pretty good. Uh, game 3.2, 
he gained putting, but I, I don't feel felt like Sunday he didn't you know he didn't gain putting Sunday didn't feel like, but he's starting to show some of those signs there. Ball striker extraordinaire. Um, I think he can play this no matter what type of way this plays out. Scrambling would be an issue, so I don't know if I like him in bunkers, but his proximity numbers are good. Three putt avoidance is okay. Gives himself plenty of birdie opportunities. Good approach numbers. Ninety four hundred. I think it's time to get back to Morikawa, and I bet him earlier at 20-1 to because I expected that, pro that number to drop. I don't know if it has or not. I like a bunch of guys, but Sung Jm's 9,100. He was 12th at the St. Jude. That's now two seconds and a 12th, and he comes in at 9,100 uh, below the rest of these guys in this tier that – He's playing just as well as in the last month. So I'll go Sung Jae-M as my second based solely on price. But there's a few other names here that I'll build around. I looked at him, and this kind of gets back to kind of my my philosophy for this week. Like, I don't think his – I don't think he has the same winning win equity as some other guys around him. Like, he's been putting up solid finishes, but there's just nothing that just screams that says, hey, in a no-cut event, I want to use him. Like – he doesn't rate out very well the last 36 rounds, and birdies are better. He's slightly below He's slightly below average there, slightly below in opportunities gained, and I'm just thinking from a DraftKings scoring perspective, like, you know, is he, is he you know, 10th place? I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I just don't see the winning, the win equity on him right now, which means, of course, he'll go win to prove me wrong, and that's, <laughs> you know, that's okay. I'm just not there on him yet. Who else excites you if there's anyone you'd like to bring to the forefront? Uh, Victor Hovland, again, showed a little bit of life last week. Uh, I couldn't... Oh, Big he, greens benefit him, right? I would think. What is he, yeah, he three-putt avoidance? He's 12 and three-putt avoidance, so yeah. Uh, he was his around the green. He was, he's my number three. He's my number three. Again, just another good ball striker. Kind of showed a little bit of life. Uh, 9,200 is a fair number on him, and then 9K, I mean, at some point we have to... Tom Kim is just playing so well right now and doesn't seem to be fatigued at all. And it's for a guy who could make some birdies. And again, he's kind of playing on house money. Like, you you know, two weeks ago, he wasn't even going to be in this, you know, in the playoffs. Now here he is. And with a chance to make East League, like, what a heck of a story. And he's just continuing to be playing solid golf. So at 9K, I have no problem looking at Tom Kim. He's my number four. I could go to Fitzpatrick at five as well. Uh, and I think that's where I get back to, like, I like all five of those, and that may keep me out of 10K. Yeah, and I think, you know, outside of Finau, this kind of, even Scheffler a little bit. Uh, Scheffler and Finau are clearly going to be the two most popular. I'll say that there's not a ton in this, you know, everyone's going to kind of hover in that 10 to 15%, and I'm sure somebody will pick up steam. But, yeah, if you have a couple of guys you like around here, Probably not a bad idea to even, you know, maybe even start somebody in the 10K and then go down here. Or if you like the eights a lot, kind of, you know, play it from there. Who are you fading? I think for me, it's it, it's Sungjae just because I don't know if he's got the winning upside. My second, well, I mean, he does. I just don't know if I like him compared to others. My second one is Sam Burns. And I hope he plays well because I need him to need him to play well if I want to win our league. Uh making that one a little too tight recently, but he's just one, he's just kind of right now in a little bit of a, 
little bit of a lull. 20th at St. Jude's, 42nd in the Open, 66th at Genesis, missed the Travelers. Like, like, it just hasn't been doing enough to make me want to use him over, you know, I'd rather pay the extra 100 for Morikawa. Burns was my second to last as well. I've actually got Scheffler as my fade. I mean, you talking about him being uh, highly owned. He's missed two of the last three cuts. I, I just, look, I, I realize he might end up being player of the year, but he's not the player he was when he was winning player of the year three months ago. Right. Um, I mean, he still writes out really well in long-term models, but the fact that he, he's already this popular because he's under 10K, so that's just, that's just a sticker shock. But, no, I, I'm with you. This feels like a good spot to... To not play him if he wins, well, then that's just that's going to happen. If I'm going to use Fina, I can't use them both either. I would think. Yeah, that yeah, that's a bad combination. Let's go to the eight Ks. We'll start with the top again. Eighty nine hundreds. Cam Young, Jordan Spieth, eighty eight. Shane Lowry, eighty seven. Joaquin Neiman, eighty six. Max Home. 85, Hideki Matsuyama 84, Corey Connors 83, Terrell Hatton 82, Aaron Wise 81, Adam Scott 8K even, Skeeter, another full load. Where are you going? Who's your favorite? Well, again, there's not a surprise here. Um, he's, I told you there's somebody in the 8Ks that is going to be sec, you know, it's already top three of popularity. I bet him at 30 to 1. He's already down to 25 to 1. It's Cam Young. Um, he could not make a putt last week. Like, he gained 4.3 shots in approach, 4.7 off the tee. He lost 5.5 putting. Like, he's not a great putter, but we haven't seen him lose that many strokes putting in any events that I can recall. He's 27th in three-putt avoidance, so, you know, he seems to be a decent lag putter. Good ball striker, good birdies are better guy. E900, I don't know if I care how popular he is. This feels like, you know, him and Tom Kimmon are an interesting combination, you know, that you can look at, but... For me, Cam Young seems like he's a really good fit, and maybe maybe people are just playing the the Wake Forest narrative that Zalatoris won. Now it's Cam Young's turn since he's been so close, but he feels like he could fit out no matter how this course plays. Cam Young was really my pick to be my favorite too. If he's going to be that widely owned, uh, I mean, maybe at this point you just have to go look. It's only a seventy-person field, less than that now. Um, maybe I just have to find diversity elsewhere and it's okay if I have Finau and Young to start my team and just make sure that I find some weird outlier that I like later. Cause I like Cam Young to be my favorite too, but I don't like when you talk about him being so heavily owned and but it makes sense. There's a reason he's everybody's favorite. Right. Right. And the problem I think for the rest of this tier, again, I think you have to be aggressive and build this week. And I think you have to kind of look at who can win or as we start moving down, who has top five, top 10, upside where or at least can make enough DraftKings scoring that way if they finish 24th they might be 15th in DraftKings scoring so this is where I really think the birdies are better starts looking and really outside of potentially Hideki I'm not seeing anybody else like Joaquin Neiman's my other guy I can look at here um he's been pretty solid across the right board in the stats he what he was all right last week yeah he was 13th he gained nearly six shots on approach, uh, lost a little bit around the green, lost a little putting. But, but again, I think my problem here is, you know, he's been a consistent top 25 guy. Is that really what I want at 8,600? Like, with his recent winning upside isn't, you know, isn't there long-term I like it, but just not recently. Like, 
does does a twelfth place do me much good here? I don't know. Unless I mean, it does if everybody above him and the and the pricing is above him in the leaderboard. But I just that's that's my only concern with Neiman is I don't know if he's got. He's like Sungjae, very good long term, very good golfers. I just don't know if they have that win equity right now. In my opinion, that some others do. I'm with you on Hideki. I may put some Hideki lineups together. I've obviously got to be ready to make a maneuver. Obviously, we'll have later tee times without a full field this week, too. So maybe I'll have a chance to get up and take a peek at him before work on Thursday morning. Because I'm with you. Hideki is like, I want to make him my number two because of that win upside in this no-cut event. Um, I feel like, you know, he's got the distance and everything else I want. Does he play healthy? I don't know that answer. So I'm kind of calling him my number two, but I bet you my number two is really a hodgepodge of him and probably some Corey Connors and Tyrrell Hatton and, and even Joaquin Neiman. Hatton's been playing a little bit better. Um, my fate here is Aaron Wise. Like, I know he's in decent form, but this feels like he's kind of getting priced in the same t- – you know, I'm not, I'm not sure – Long-term, he's in the same tier of golfers. Like, I know Adam Scott's not the same. Hatton, I think, is a better player. Connors, Hideki, definitely. Homa, yes. Like, he just, he feels slightly out of place, even though his form isn't bad. I mean, 31st at St. Jude, 13th at Wyndham, 34th at the Open. Um, I don't know. It just, he feels a little out of place here. I guess I'm fading Shane Lowry. Um. I'm probably, I mean, like I've been using him and it hasn't worked. He hasn't been too great lately. I mean, he was okay at the open and the Irish open, but I mean, don't be shocked that the big Irishman was good at the Irish open, but he missed a cut at the U S open. It was good at Canadian open, but hasn't been great really since his hot run in like April, uh, March and April. So Shane Lowry at 87, because if I were turning there, I'd probably just find a way to either go to Neiman or to go to Cam Young. Yeah. And that's fair. Um, Lowry, Hatton and Scott are projected at single-digit ownership, and I'm talking like five to eight percent. So that game theory-wise, this might be the time to jump back on Lowry. Like that's a good pivot off of Young <laughs> or Neiman. That's more game theory to play, though. Adam Scott. As I was doing some uh, football broadcast yesterday, I didn't hear everything, but I heard. Uh, was it Will Zalatoris was like second in the field, at least maybe on Sunday and strokes gained putting behind Adam Scott. Yes. I mean, I'm just basing that off of something I heard real quick and I had to do a double take. I said, there's no way in heck. Cause I would think large greens would say fade Adam Scott, but he was, I don't know what happened because I was a lot dialed into fantasy football this weekend. How was Adam Scott, the, the, the strokes gained leader in putting? So the past four tournaments before this, where we actually had strokes gained data, he lost two, 3.3, 3.8, He gained 6.4 strokes putting, lost one and a half on approach. Like he, he would have won if he, if his irons were anything like they normally are or can be like, that's just a weird outlier performance. I mean, he's, he put it well, at Genesis put it well, at Arnold Palmer, maybe just like Bermuda. Um, but yeah, that was bizarre. This is not Bermuda. If, uh, what I, I believe Pat Mayo had posted, it's bent grass. So, um, maybe Adam Scott really should have been my fade more than Lowry. Well, Again, I think the points you make, yes, but you know, there's also a $700 salary difference, and that does play a role. Skeeter, let's go to the 7Ks. I'm not going to give you all of them, but the uh, the player pool 
Not nearly as large as it has been as we get uh, a smaller starting field. Is there somebody in 7K standing out? You're going to have to... You're going to have to um, talk me into a couple of guys because I only have two, and that's concerning. They're not in the low sevens either, so that's a little bit of a concern. Um, Russell Henley, like, I'm going to go back there. He, I mean, I had – so I had – out of my five lineups, I had one six of six, three, uh, four or five of sixes. Henley killed me on three of those lineups, and they all ended up cashing, the five of sixes, but, man, there could have that could have been some – I could have had a really good team had he made the cut and based on what, what he would have done on the weekend. But he's still number one in approach, number three in opportunities gained, decent lag putter, not a great scrambler. So it could be a little issue, but good driver of the ball. 7,800, you know, I'll forgive missing the cut on a number that happens. Um, and apparently people are not forgiving him, so that's good news. I also am not going to go crazy with a favorite for you here. Um I might just go right to the top, Billy Horschel. Uh, after his last three missed cuts, he was 21st at the Open Championship, 26th at the BMW International Open, first at the Memorial Tournament. He missed the cut last week. He was minus one, by the way, with a missed cut. Uh, Billy Horschel has played well in these FedEx Cup playoffs, so the environment is not too big for him. Is the course a good fit? I'm not 100% sure about that. Um, I guess I'll stake my claim as a favorite for – a player who's won on tour this year and has won the FedEx Cup before. He certainly has win equity. Uh, again, he's a guy I never get right, which, again, is why I drafted him in our league, so I can benefit the weeks he does well. Um, I thought about it. I'm just I'm not on him, but I'm not going to talk anybody out of it because in a week like this, you want somebody who could potentially win our top five, and Billy Horschel probably has the best win equity of anybody in this tier. Can Brian Harmon win at this course or be a top five, ten at this course? I feel it's had long for him, but boy, he kind of came out of would, nowhere to make a run. I want to, I want to turn to him, and that's the reason I, I don't. I don't know. It feels like it could be a little bit long on him, but nobody's turning to him. Nobody's turning to Horschel. In fact, nobody's even looking at Henley. So almost here you go from Adam Scott to Brian Harmon. Those four golfers all projected single single digits. Like that might be an area to hit because that'll make yourself really unique. Which in the seventy person field, you do have to think a little bit about everybody's popular play here. And I used him last week, and he was good. Cam Davis. Yeah, I like, like him. I mean, six in opportunities, gain eleventh in birdies, really good lag putter, twentieth in approach, like. You know, I, I, maybe you can use him. Maybe just don't pair him up with Cam Young and Tony Finau. Like, you know, try to find some other way to be a little unique because that feels like that three-person that three person combo could be very popular to start with. I like Davis as well. Um, Keith Mitchell is intriguing me. Um, I wonder if Taylor Pendrith didn't irritate enough people that I could turn to him because he oh, no. still did make the cut. So his streak of made cuts is run. He, uh, he rates up really well across short term models, especially 12 rounds. So no, he's the second, he's going to be second or third most popular in this range with Mito there too. And I looked at Pendrith. I looked at Mito. I, I don't want anything to do with, you know, with them. This, 
get rid of Mito. This lower 7K from Mitchell down to McCarthy, it looks like they're all going to be single digits. Maybe maybe not Thigala. Again, he, I think he's going to carry some scoring upside. But after that, um, especially 7,200 to 7K, if you don't choose Mito Pereira, you choose one of these, you're automatically very unique. Siwoo Kim, somebody I might pick. Uh, I mean, he has that win pop equity at 7K even. He's he not going to miss the cut here. You what? I said he won't miss the cut. Uh, no, he won't. Uh, he could also tank your team by finishing 17 over. Who knows with him? Um, he could take a hike at the turn on Sunday, too. Well, yeah. yeah I don't know where he is FedEx Cup-wise. Um yeah, there's just nobody in this, and this is weird because I feel like you got to play somebody. Maybe go back to JT Poston, who this again. This doesn't feel like a great course setup for him, but he's a good form. Well. Went at the deer, missed at the open, but you know that could be weird, and he might have been in the wrong way. But he had just won his way in to right. it too from the from uh, from winning the deer, right? Right. So that was kind of a whirlwind experience. Two weeks before that, he wasn't even playing there. At least I don't think he was. He might have gotten in when he finished second at Travelers. I forget the open qualification system. But, but yeah, he's put up 11th, 21st, and 20th. The problem is everything he's doing is putting right now. So that, you know, that is a little bit of a concern. He's an okay lag putter, really good scrambler, really good 450. So, I mean, he won at Deer, so, I mean, that's that's a birdie fest. Um I don't know. Like he might be a guy I just play because I need somebody. Him and Thigala, but I, you know this is rare. I usually can find some nice players I like in the low sevens. I don't have anybody this week. Are you fading all of them then? I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to play Pedrith at his uh, popularity. Um, Davis Riley, who again I need in our league, has just he just hasn't been doing much, but. He might also carry some of the best top five, top ten equity. Like he'll give himself plenty of opportunities, and he does kind of have it every now and then popping out of nowhere. So maybe that's the theme of this week: is if you're playing to win, you're going to have to make an uncomfortable choice, and I think it's going to be in the seven K range or in the sixes. Like, because there's decent players here, but it's hard to find anybody that you're feeling very, very comfortable with on this course. I think I'm fading Keegan Bradley here. Oh. Um, missed the cut again last week on the number. You know what's funny is I went back and I actually did put him in one lineup because we had that conversation about how it was a good qu- – it seemed like the right fit for Keegan. Mm-hmm. Um, but Keegan's missed three out of four cuts. So I did use him once anyway last week. Um, I am not going to use him this week, I don't think, although I could be a liar two weeks in a row and end up penciling him in and using him. But I'm fading Keegan for right now. Okay. Missed three out of four. Okay. Skeeter, what do you think about 6K? This, again, I think we're going to have to get really, you know, uncomfortable. Like, who has the upside here? Who has top 10 upside or who has the ability to make a bunch of birdies and kind of get in there? And I don't have any, you know, I have some lower. It's funny. I actually have some under 6,400 lined up. You know, if I'm looking at birdies are better, Grillo has been starting to make some birdies. Varner, I think, always carries that upside, or at least in my mind he does. Um, I'm not going back to Sepp Strzok after the playoff. You know, maybe that's a mistake, but 
And then Scott Stallings was really popular. He missed the cut. Like, maybe it's time to go back to him. He was the first name I wrote down. The second one I wrote down is probably the dumbest thing I could do. What about Mark Leishman at 6,400? I mean, the guy was actually off to a decent start last week. He's not going to miss the cut. He has popped a few times. He has missed three cuts in a row before his 64th last week. Like, there's plenty of reason to fade Mark Leishman, but that's the reason he's 6,400. Am I a fool because I'm a fan? Yes. Uh, Well, I don't know about fool. I mean, hey. I mean, he has a slightly upside, but no, birdies are better gain over the past 36 rounds. Again, out of 69 golfers, he's 65th, so that's an issue. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Um, the one's getting attention, which is not shocking. Taylor Moore continues to play really well, but his birdies are, back, birdies are better lacking. lacking. Trey Molinax, I mean, he's he's playing well. He went to Barbasol. Played well at the Open. He was top five uh, last week. In fact, his bogey bogey got me the Morikawa top five along with everybody else. But um, those two, I think, are going to be the most popular. There's a little bit of popularity for Wyndham Clark, Brennan Steele. But I think you're going to have to take a chance down here. And even at 6K, like, again, if we want upside, Kirk Kitayama and Luke List certainly can uh, light up a scoreboard, especially Kitayama. Kiyama's kind of like a Siwoo, but he'll score. Like, he could finish he could finish 67th, be like 9 over par, or he's randomly top 10-ing in this field. So, but again, I think that, you know, what I keep coming back to, you're going to have to be uncomfortable. You have to make a choice and just kind of hope, you know, spread, you know, f- figure out your core and in the 7 and 6K mix and match a couple of players and hope that you hit the right ones in the right week. Yeah, I mean, I've got a few names that I will throw darts at, but that doesn't make them good plays or good uh, recommendations. Is there a 6K player that stands out as a fade, or is that uh, is that a little bit too aggressive in this final week of uh, well, full somewhat full field events? Um, this doesn't feel like a Kisner course. You know, if I have that's exactly who I've clicked on and who I was looking at. I mean. Because he's even said before, some of these longer courses are just not his his style. But he's said, you know, people ask, well, why do you play him? He goes, well, 20th place plays pretty well. His irons and putter were good last he's week. Actually, he was actually my fade, too, Kisner. His irons putter were really good. The driver, not so much. Skeeter, you ready to talk a little one and done? Yes. Where did you turn to last week? I forgot. I went Vic. He was okay, but didn't get me. He got me like 112,000, but in the FedEx Cup playoffs, that's not going to do much, especially when Zalatoris was semi-used and he did well. So I have already penciled in one Justin Thomas because I haven't used him yet. Mm -hmm. I um, always, uh, the wrong week, I went to Adam's got at the Wyndham championship, not last week. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But I did use Webb Simpson in his plus three miscut cut last week. So I am really making a uh, push for the 4,000 club. Yes. I'm in 3,865th place. I mean, Hey, if you're not going to win, you might as well just tank and be as bad as possible. But the bad news is everybody gets paid this week. As long as they hit a shot. Well, I'm still actually hoping to not be embarrassingly last 
uh, as I um, I am uh, going to roll with Justin Thomas. You want to hear something really good about my one and done selection? So I am in that uh, other one and done you are familiar with. It's uh, pick two a week. Oh yeah. There are at least three people ahead of me that haven't made a pick in weeks. Oh. And they're still ahead of me. Okay. Yeah. How's that? How's that for you? You know what's not your year. It's not your year. You chalk it up and say, <laughs> you say, you know what? There's got to be some positive regression at some point. I think uh, the I shot a 39 this year in my golf league skeeter. I think that was every bit of my good golf mojo for the year, right there. I don't know if I've hit a bet since then. I mean, I mean, I've hit a top. I'll 10. trade it. I got the ball on the wall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it just happens, and. You know, hey, I had a horrible year last year, and then this year had a had one really good week and a couple other solid ones. So it's just, um, you know, those things happen. And hey, there's still two weeks for you to make it happen. But um, for me, I'm down. I'm down to Cam Young or Joaquin Neiman. I'm probably gonna go Cam Young. Those are the two best golfers I have left, and I think Cam Young's got a little more upside. So even if he's gonna be very popular and one and done, I'm just gonna use him and. Hopefully he can win enough to move me up a tier or two, or at least not drop me down a tier. I'm assuming I still can cash. I suppose there's some scenarios out there where I wouldn't, but hopefully Cam Young can. But you're going to. You what? But you're going to. Yes, I would. I would assume unless something, unless something bizarre happens. But I don't know. I, I don't know what my cash probability rate is at this point. I hope that I have a very similar year this year to you last year as your golf year was not so great, but your football year was full of some goodness. So maybe that's my path this year, Skeeter. Maybe that's my path. Oh, I mean, hey, you're the one who's played Thrive more than I have. And so, yeah, there you go. Uh, Take one down for 10K there. I would most assuredly like to. I was pretty proud of the 5K. Uh, and then like a week later, Skeeter, you hit for 10K and made me look like a chump. So uh, that's okay, though. I'd rather be uh, I'd rather be talking about your winnings than something uh, than some strangers, my man. Hey, the fact that you and I are winning with com- winning money that has a comma in it is always a plus. Always a plus indeed. Skeeter, you got anything left for this final um, close to full field event of the year? I'm surprised you didn't use penultimate one more time. I already used it like, um, I don't know. Uh, uh, I think the last time I used it was my penultimate use. Or was that one? I don't know. Oh, it's such a good word, though. Um, <laughs> I know. I like. I didn't know what the guy was even saying the first time I worked with this guy. He had this like aw- you know awesome build into this, this uh, semifinal matchup, and he used that word. And I'm like, I might have to look that up. No, that's a great word. Um, no, I don't have anything else. I th- again, I just think <laughs> roster builds. Be smart. If you find somebody who you're kind of iffy on and they're popular, pivot somewhere and don't be afraid to leave some salary on the table and really just play play for the win. You know, find your upside guys. Be willing to lose in order to give yourself the best chance to win. It's kind of um, as I get back into the football season and starting to listen to one of my favorite podcasts, and and that's all they are is like you know. Stop making plays to just to cash. Make plays that give you a clear path to first place. I love it. That's beautiful information. Skeeter, what do you say we do this one more time before the golf season sort of kind of ends? Yeah, yeah. Next week's tour championship is always a unique 
it's a unique situation with starting strokes, only 30 players. You know, I, I wish I played more Sunday Showdown because it kind of feels like Sunday Showdown round four. If you're if you play that a lot or you're good at that, it feels like that would be an advantage for next week. But you know, we'll we'll cross that bridge when it comes, and we'll still give it a chance. Skeeter, good luck to you this week. Good luck to everyone out there, and thank you for listening as well. Um, we're gonna do it one more time next week uh, for this season. This has been your penultimate. Yes. Fantastics, My Fantasy Fix, DFS Golf Podcast. For Skeeter Robinson, I'm James Adams. Thanks for listening, folks.